0: we yeah. yeah. Everybody, welcome to another episode of Creators Outlet. Our special guest today is Jason Lennox. Welcome to the show, Jason. Hey, well, Thanks for having me on. Hey. Well, I, uh, I got to take a, a look at uh, your books, and I would really love to see them in color sometime, because I know all the books are black and white
1: yeah uh i to be totally honest i think that was a a budget consideration and we just kind of stuck with it i think one day if we got the money we would definitely color them and and put them out that way but uh for now they're kind of like the old 2000 ad's or just in black and white
0: just black and white like you know i i looked and i go man this reminds me of like the old marvel magazines like the yeah like the conan and punisher and stuff like that yeah where it was like black and white and they could get, they were in magazine format so they could get away with more stuff.
1: Yeah. You know, no, uh,
0: there was no comic code authority on magazines.
1: Yeah, no, uh, to be honest, it was just one of those things that, uh, it helped us hit our budget, uh, you know, making the book. So we just kind of stuck with it and I, I like black and white. So it's, it's, uh, it's cool. It'd be neat to see them in color, but, uh, who knows maybe one day. <coughs> yeah.
0: I was thinking, you know, Maybe you have projects afterwards that down the road maybe you put it together like in a in a trade collection. hmm And maybe do some maybe do some color and then when you know things build up and uh hopefully some, some prices will get even uh a little cheaper going down going down the way. Sure. Let me get rid of that there. So
1: what got you into comics? Uh, You know, as a kid, I was naturally drawn to comics uh, as a a young lad in the 80s. And uh, I dabbled around as a teenager, just trying to make a little folded together comics. And uh, I kind of dabbled at it that way. And and about uh, I think about 10 years ago, um, I got the itch to try to make comics. a little bit more professional books. And to this point I've put out, this is my 11th book, I think it is. Yep. Um, I just enjoy making them. Uh, I, I I personally like doing it. Um, I've managed to collect a really cool group of collaborators to work with me making the books. And uh, Lords of the Cosmos has been a blast. This is the fourth issue. We're working on five and six in the background while we're wrapping up the Kickstarter on number four. And uh, I just like it, man. I don't know. It's just like a fish being in water. I like comic books. I like reading them. I like making them. I just enjoy the I, I like the the medium of comics. I, I like them. Yeah, I know. I'm, you know, I'm a little older than you. I'm probably a
0: lot older, but, uh, yeah. you know, I, I I I actually found some old indie comics from when Guys couldn't afford to go to a printer because it was so expensive. Like back in the, yeah. back in the early eighties,
1: the prices were like outrageous. Yeah, so, well, and I, and I, Here's the thing. I, I think that the technology has gotten so much better and cheaper when it comes to printing the physical printed copies of Lords of the cosmos to me look like a professionally printed big publisher book off a shelf. Um, I use ready printing in Arizona and uh i can't say enough good stuff about the actual work that they do to make the book i mean from the crisp cuts to the clean folds to to just having the book line up the quality of the paper that just looks and feels like you know a real comic but you're right you're talking about any books from like the 80s and stuff it was rough pulpy paper black and white uh, they, they definitely looked lower tier quality as far as the guts. Now The art may or may not have been good, but you could definitely tell a difference between, you know, uh, a bigger publisher that could afford to use an, a large offset printing service where they may have had to make 100,000 books in a run. Whereas the last run of Lords of the Cosmos for three and we got a bunch of threes and some backups of one and two. Uh, I think I got like 310 books and, and ended up being... Uh, Two dollars and change per book with freight. Uh,
0: uh, so, you know, I sell them that's for
1: five. I them for five. Those books were either forty to forty-eight pages, you know, including the cover. So um, the quality has gotten a lot better, so that you you don't need to make a tremendous amount of books to get a quality print that someone can hold in their hands. That this feels professional. Yeah, I
0: remember. Uh, I remember guys that would, you know, just wanted to, you know try to get their name out there and, you know, hope to hope to network with other people. And they would just go to, they'd go to like the local print shop and they just black and white, copy them, uh, fold them and, you know, cut them and staple them, staple them together. I, I actually just found like three of those because I just got everything, all my belongings out of storage. So I got all my, all my comics back, all mm-hmm. my collectibles back, You know, memorabilia and, uh, you know, stuff from my my mother and grandparents that that have been in storage. So And Mm -hmm. stuff, of course, box upon box upon box of my daughter's stuff, which she told me, don't touch it. Just put it in my room. Okay. Teenagers. Oh, my. (sighs) Can't live with them. Thanks to DNA evidence, you can't kill them. But, um so what was the what was the first comic that the a, a particular character or group like just snagged your attention and you couldn't wait for the next issue?
1: Uh, that would be Gru the Wanderer from 1982 when the book was with Epic, uh, and I remember I got Grew issue two at the Walden Books at Park City in Lancaster, and I and I stuck with that book. Well past its Marvel run and into its Dark Horse run into the 90s from, you know, being a kid to a guy in my 20s until they stopped printing it. Uh, I, Gru really caught my eye. I thought Sergio Argona's uh, was gifted. Um, he is gifted. Um, it's a great book. And issue two caught my eye. And, and uh, I remember I went back later and found an issue one down at the beach. But uh, I thought Gru was awesome. I don't know. He's never really been that popular, but I thought it was a great book.
0: He's got a he's got a very niche crowd, but it's it's great stuff. Mm-hmm. And then you got it you got into uh, grew around the uh around like fifty fifty-two and a certain girl showed up and tagged along with him and
1: oh. mm-hmm. and uh, oh, man we're talking a little grow true. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. I think she showed up in yeah, I think it was like fifty-fifty-two, and I think there was an issue where there was a giant spider they had to kill, but yeah, she was kind of like the femme fatale grew. Yeah, right on, Will. See?
0: I know some stuff.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, it's weird. I, I, I don't remember the last time anyone even dropped some grew knowledge on me. That's wild, man. Yeah. See,
0: I'm full of lots of lots and lots of Comic book trivia. So,
1: well, that's de- that is definitely trivia right there. My goodness, my goodness. You know, so
0: it's like i I love I love that stuff because you know, uh, like Gru and Cerebus, You mm-hmm. know, stuff like stuff like that had like a very you know a very specific crowd. It you know it went deeper than you know. Oh, that looks goofy. I want something cool like. I go well. You can still read something that you think looks goofy; and has a great story. You know, it's it was it was just one of those things. And I worked I worked at a comic shop. I found my first comic store uh, at the at the age of fifteen, while well, I was bunking school, and uh, got like. Crazy excited, and then I started working at that comic store, and now my fir- I became like really good friends with the the guy that the owner hired as a manager, who ended up being the owner of the store, and I still get all my stuff there to this day, like thirty five years later. So, cool. So i i I was known to re- to read an issue or two of Sarah and Gru while I was while I was watching the counter in between customers. 'Cause that, you know that's that's kind of, that was kind of like the, the perk of being able to work at the comic shop. It was like it was oh you can flip through and actually, you know, if there's you know, if you finished all your work, you could maybe, you know, read an issue towards the end of the day before you locked up, you know. Now,
1: what can we plug in? that store? What store is, what store do you have this lifetime uh, uh
0: that's uh, wild time comics in uh South Attleboro, Massachusetts. Okay. About forty minutes south of Boston. Okay. We can go there. For, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a small shop, but it's packed with tons of stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's got two back rooms full of storage and, uh, um, probably about close to a hundred thousand back issues
1: yeah every great comic store is like a big crazy closet with a million weird things in it that you just love to go through that's part of the charm that old kind of mildewy book smell in it so that's that's the the smell and the flavor and everything else it's great stuff oh
0: there's there's nothing like uh you know grabbing like an old bronze issue comic book open it up and you can just smell that 70s ink on the pages Mm -hmm. You know, it was just, you know, it was just great stuff. So you've been at this a while and uh, anybody watching uh, the Kickstarter link is right in the chat. And all of Jason's info is located in the show notes, either up above or down below, depending on whether you're watching us on Facebook or YouTube. And right now we got somebody watching on each. So Let me bring the, the Kickstarter up and you guys are now funded, but you got 18 days to go and, uh, you get some, uh, some cool stretch goals going on for everybody as well.
1: Yeah. So the stretch goals are in the updates. Um, so at six thousand dollars, we're gonna get everyone uh, that did a physical, uh, a physical backing. Uh, we're gonna get them uh, a sticker. Oh, that's and, me. Hey, there you go. Right. No, it's it's like I think one or two updates down. Yeah, that put you in there. The, all the yeah. backers got that, so they could join us. But uh, so uh, everyone that gets a physical reward, if we get to six thousand dollars, we'll get uh, a sticker. And uh, then if. Uh, Then everyone will also get uh, some uh, laptop, uh, desktop, uh, and cell phone wallpapers. Oh, cool. So they're a little digital digital reward that everyone can get. Because some people just get a PDF or a pack of PDFs. And, uh, yeah, nothing real extravagant, but uh, I wanted to put something nice in there. I think it's an update five. There's a graphic. There we go. Yeah, stretch goal number one right in there. Right in there. Right in there. Yeah, there it is. So laptop sticker for the physical rewards and then phone background and computer wallpaper. So, yeah, we have a stretch goal. Um, I've never had one go this fast, so I never really had to put much thought into stretch goals. But we put one together pretty quick to make everyone stretch a little bit. So we're, I don't know, what, some dollars away from that at this point? Yeah,
0: it's, it's pretty close right now.
1: Let's see.
0: the high crossover part
1: two yeah the book's done well i mean we've we've been on the kick track top 20 fairly high i think we were as high as two or three at one point there's three number three Um, right there yeah that's that's pretty awesome yeah no i mean the backers really showed up um well, I'll be honest with you. I think Kickstarter up their game. They really helped by adding a pre-launch link, so you could share a pre-launch link to get people uh, engaged. Oh yeah, and you
0: you got to get that. You got to get that that pre-launch push. Like and then, you know. It's like just click on it, and as soon as it goes live,
1: you'll know. Well, this was the first time I had one doing 11 of these. And I think I had 83 people sign up for that link and the first 24 hours were crazy. And I think, I think that change helped a lot because you could really, uh, really put in some work before the book launched and have that great day one. And I think the book got funded on like day five and it takes all the pressure off. You can just have fun with it, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, once you hit, once you hit goal, you can just be like, you know, breathe a sigh of relief. You know, it's like, oh.
1: yeah. So I'm excited. I think it's great. We can just have fun with it. Now I'm just trying to get out and just, uh, you know, do as many podcasts and interviews as I can and just talk about it and just try to find new fans and introduce it to new people. We put a ton of work into this book. It's a, it's a solid, awesome read. Uh, it's a 40 page book. Um, There's four stories in it. It's basically an anthology based on the Lords of the Cosmos uh, universe. Um, And it's fun. It's already starting to do callbacks to earlier issues. Um, It's a hell of a fun book, man. If you like 1980s toys, cartoons, comic books, uh, it is very... universe. Uh, (laughs) Flash Gordon, uh, Thundar the Barbarian kind of like... Oh, my
0: God. I just saw that that, uh, Warner Brothers Archives... Just uh, just posted the other day that they've they've released the entire
1: uh, Thundar series on Blu-ray. Wow! No, Thundar is awesome, man. That's it was just a, a really cool cartoon. You know, it was um, it was like between it was somewhere
0: between Conan and Star Wars.
1: Yeah, with so the D and D flavor. So it was like it was like really cool. So it's funny we talked about. Exactly that when we created Lords of the Cosmos, we said that we felt that that genre was called sci-fi barbarians. So we went we wanted to make Lords of the Cosmos in that genre, just like a Western or science fiction. Mm -hmm. We said it's you know He-Man, Thundar, uh, Thundercats, they're all kind of in that science fiction barbarian. So that's what Lords of the Cosmos is: it's talking cats, it's robots, it's cyborgs, it's magic uh it's guns it's swords it's all just jammed together and uh it's a big free-for-all with as much cool stuff we had a we had a a plant living in a machine body in issue three is one of the featured characters it was like a flower living in like a multi legged mech suit um you know this issue has a cyborg that's a human that's merged with an acid tank that has to eat people to live Um, There's a turtle that's a battleship that's in this issue. So there's just all kinds of just wonky 80s kind of stuff. And it's what we like. So um, we just try to put it all out there for people that people that like that stuff. We're we're making stuff for you. So if these things, you know, like I'll throw one at you, Will. Um, I had I had a a fan say this to me. They said that this book reminded him of the excitement he got when he would get a Sears catalog as a kid and zip to the back to where the action figures were in the toy section for a few pages and they had the little photographs all laid out nice of the action figures oh yeah 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 the, uh,
0: the me the migo figures would be there and mm-hmm. then like you know the the Kenner you know later on when Star Wars hit and Kenner got the license and yeah. Migo went out of business uh you had like all that stuff there and there were like multiple companies doing it after Kenner with
1: You know, various licenses and stuff. Oh,
0: yeah. Remco did a lot
1: of that stuff too. So, if you scroll down in the Kickstarter, on the back of every issue, we do a toy uh, for the issue. So, Mordanix is that character on the cover, but we did a Mordanix toy for the back of the book. So, we, we had a graphic artist, Jared Brown, do him up like he was in a blister pack. And then the inside back cover is like his statistics and layout and all that stuff. But uh, it's a lot of fun, man. We really try to go for that feel, that emotional, that emotional feel with the 80s toys and everything else. But uh, there you yeah, go. Right there, there he is.
0: Right there. And I'm I'm, looking at this. I'm like, please tell me they made a, that this is real and not just a cover.
1: Well, it's real. That Mordanic sculpt we did for a fan and, uh, oh, hey, buddy. And uh, it's about uh, 15 inches tall. So, yeah. That's awesome. You know, it,
0: It looks like it was, you know,
1: he's attached
0: to the big green ball
1: and he walks around with Tinker Toys. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, if you bought it as a toy set, you'd be pulling it out and that, you know, that would be the feel for it. Um If you scroll up, we made a Saturday morning cartoon advertisement uh, as if the Lords of the Cosmos were on Saturday mornings in the 80s. We made a whole TV lineup. So we just really tried to hit on all those feelings that Lords of the Cosmos, we wanted to make it feel like it was a property that popped right out of like 1983 or 4. And then when you get the book, you can have all those feelings of it's a cartoon, it's a toy, it's a kick-ass story. And uh, just to have that fun with it, man. And the Gene Baker cover. Yeah, well, that's an inside back cover on the sketch cover because on the sketch, like so, on the regular on the regular issue, right? Uh, the uh, the back cover is the toy, and the inside back cover is the back box of the toy, right? For the sketch cover, the printing company puts a big piece of like white art paper around it, mm-hmm. so we didn't want to print the toy cover without the toy on the back. So when Jane did that and Hey, mama Cimetti on Twitter, right? Um, when she did that, that's only on the sketch cover for the inside back cover on the Strathmore art paper. So, so that art is only in the sketch cover version on the inside back cover, which is pretty slick. That's pretty cool. And the William Smith cover. Yeah, he's an artist from uh, Russia and he has a style like Jeff Darrow. And then he drew more Danix in his style, which is insane. There's an entire crowd of people and he mecked him out and put a ridiculous amount of detail in there. You can see the little, uh, you can see the point in the wrong way. You can see the, you can see the, ah, uh, uh, my finger. You can see like there's skulls and stuff going through the pipes and everything. Mm mm-hmm. um, he just did a great job I mean, there's just so much detail but that's a that's a variant cover i you know i i i don't know if anyone grabbed it but the original art for that's also a reward right now too if it's still available it might be gone oh cool now this looks like a 70s cover yep so joe frystooler is a very good friend of mine he lives in ohio and he is a comic book artist and then he took two of the characters he drew the so, those two characters are uh, Tiedmus and Phelnix. They're like a techno wizard and a talking cat. And their story is in the book. They have a little backup story called The uh, Last of My Kind. It's a six page story that Joe wrote and drew. And then he did a variant cover with those characters in a very retro Marvel 70 style. And I just think it's lovely.
0: And it, it's cool because the cover's distressed. Uh, there's spine ticks actually printed on the cover. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> Even a, even, a, even like a crease Like the top corner And you know a, l- a little bit of Marble chipping but it's all it's all Just printed on the cover that's awesome You yeah. can even, even get Box art
1: Yeah 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 Joe redesigned our Ugly Studios logo that he and I Have used for years to put our books under an imprint So we kind of did that more of the DC style Where it's like a circle mm-hmm. uh, He killed it man he just really did a Bang up job the little comics code thing Uh, The the colors, the the colors aren't too bright. They're very, you know, limited printing from the 70s kind of colors. Um, But that was really fun to see him do that. It really uh, it just shows a love of comic books and really his his love for Lords of the Cosmos. He just really did it up great.
0: Yeah, that that that's a pretty rad cover. I got to tell you that that's like my second favorite cover that I
1: that's that I've seen. So this next one, uh, Matt Triano is an artist that I met, I think, in like 2013 in Reading, Pennsylvania, and I reached out to him and we had a really cool talk about the book and some moments in the book. And uh, he did this cover that is a moment that is touched upon in issue four. Uh, where one of the old great heroes runs into the main villain of the book uh, and has a very negative outcome. But uh, Matt drew kind of the moment for don't go wrong for him.
0: Cool. It's a little bloody.
1: Yeah. This right here is my favorite cover. So an artist from England named Alex J does concept art, uh, and I've been a fan of Alex J as long as I've seen uh, their work, and I, I reached out and said, I really would like you to do some art for the book. So Hunger is a story in the book, it's 13 pages, where the heroes have a amphibious assault on the bad guys in the book, the disciples of Umex, and the good guys have a turtle battleship, they have their main leader is like a greek god and they have robots werewolves they have uh there's a guy that's like a floating board uh looks kind of like uh, halo master chief a little bit right his armored suit that's a backer character the fellow that backed uh, mark krusher back issue 3 and he's a skateboarder in real life and he wanted to have a character that was a skateboarder in the book mm-hmm. uh, so this is the lords of the cosmos storming uh this uh this enemy held beach and they're using gigantic cybernetic, uh, crocodiles as like troop transports. There's robots, uh, bats and everything. And to me, that image really sums up Lords of the cosmos. It's sort of familiar, right? If you've seen something like it's saving private Ryan, but then mm-hmm. when you start looking at it closer, it just is like, it, you know, it's, it's just far out, man. Um, I'm glad you liked it so much. Will, because I love that picture to me, that really just sums up what this comics all about. Um, it's just a beautiful piece of concept art. There's so much in it. It tells a story, and it really says, if you if you look at that and that turns you on, then you would love this book, because that, that picture is what this book's all about.
0: Yeah, crocodiles, werewolves, gladiators. Max. Science, Max science fiction guys. Sp- spiders. Ooh, I hate spiders.
1: Right. Uh, a lot of stuff, man. The Turtle Battleship is a li- is a big living combat ship, you know? Yeah, that's just
0: that's just crazy. All the different, yeah. you know, all these different things and man, that cover, that cover, this cover is totally rad, man.
1: Thank you. No, and it's a, Alex J is a, is a, is a super talent. Um, I, I remember when we were seeing this thing being made through the process, it was, it was just, it was just, it felt good, man, because you, because you imagine this stuff and he, he took it farther than my imagination. Like that image was so cool, man. It was just, it was so, it was sweet.
0: Yeah, I'm like, if I ever wrote a
1: book, I'd want this dude doing a variant cover for me. Yeah, he, uh, Alex J killed it. Um, you know, like, it, it was uh, their idea to have the creatures coming out of the crocodile's mouths and not like riding in like troop transports in the back, which was my original idea. And Alex's idea was better. It just, it just is creepier, cooler. You know, what that a, a, a cyborg crocodile is going to unleash robots and werewolves out of its mouth onto a beach? That's weird shit. <laughs> Excuse my language, but it's weird, man. So that's one of my covers. I did two covers for the book, right? So that is uh, T. Edmist and Phoenix, and then uh, Avatar, the intelligent eagle that wears like a little like headset over its head. It's a giant eagle. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've started doing like one hero and one villain cover. So, like every issue, I kind of do a more basic, uh, a little less uh, frills cover for each issue. And, uh, this was my hero version uh, of the cover with the three of the three of the Lords of the Cosmos heroes. And then if you you scroll up, then there's the main cover with the uh, Mordantics, the cyborg uh, member of the Disciples of Umex, the bad guys. And uh, Danny Col- or Danny Zemba colored that for me. Uh, she's a local artist uh, in the State College Belfont area where I live. And uh, she made the colors on that thing pop. That thing oh, yeah. a color, you know.
0: Yeah, she killed the cup. Co- she she killed the colors on that
1: cover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a this, really. This is,
0: this is the image I saw, and I'm like, "This looks so good." I'm like, "This is what made me want to see the entire all the books in color."
1: Fair man, fair. I feel it. I feel it. You know, and I mean. I, I, I still buy
0: black and white comics, and I I think certain things you know look better in black and white. Like I like my horror comics in black and white. Mm-hmm. I just you know I just think a lot of the best horror stuff comes across better, you know, just in really good color, you know, really really good pencils and you know tight inks and everything and. It just looks better in black and white. I don't know. Yeah, I
1: like black and white, but Danny always she always crushes it with colors, and th- and this one just pops. That thing really looks like it's it's a big a big glowing a big glowing tank of acid just just dissolving the people that he's eating.
0: Yeah, this makes me want to actually create that as a toy.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and Mordanix isn't really in the first three issues very much, but issue four really turns the focus on him. He's in the main story that I drew where it's the present timeline and he gets into a uh, a fight with the main leader, Umex, and a fallen uh, villain that got injured in the last episode when he was shot by the plant living in a robot body and failed in his mission uh, to kill the flying eagle. And uh, Mordanix uh, basically tells Umex that he wants the, the unicorn character dead. And uh, Umex uh, has to make a decision on that. And I won't say what happens. I don't want to spoil the book. But um, hunger, the, the beach attack story, shows the origin because the man who is the cyborg and Mordanix, he is not a machine at the beginning of the story. He looks like a Roman general for the bad guys. And we learned how he ends up being a cyborg strapped to the front of an acid tank with no legs.
0: Oh, so he was dead center on that cover that I like.
1: No, no, that's that's the main hero that comes for him. Oh, OK. Yes. I just yeah. thought
0: you said, you know, some something along the lines of like a Roman, you know, a Roman general. And I'm like, yes. Oh, you mean the guy in the middle
1: of the cover? Nope. The guy in the the middle of the cover is more like a Greek God, right? So that's a Roman looking guy in half. That's all in the book,
0: right? You got to buy it to
1: read it. Got to buy it to read it, man, and find out. So that's a page from the short story, the sword of ages. So the main hero, the guy running on the beach, that's his sword, right? Mm -hmm. And, uh, His sword is alive and his sword has a voice and the sword has an origin and the sword uh, is revealed to the reader in the main story. Then there's a full backup story to explain where the sword came from. And this is one of the pages from that short story where we learn where the sword has been and what the sword has done over the years and how it ended up where it was at and where is it today. And a fellow named Zach Brunner did the art for that, and he just did a bang-up job drawing weird mystical 70s-style artwork with over-the-top heroes.
0: Yeah, it re- It reminds me a little bit of uh, Mike Grell's Warlord run.
1: Mm-hmm. I could see that. So, yeah. So there's the la- a page from Last of My Kind with uh, Tiedmus and Phelenic's and uh joe Frystore, the the fellow did the retro cover did that and uh basically it's it's called last of my kind and it's about uh the last of the techno wizards and the last of the uh, the intelligent talking cats from the the cat kingdom and uh they save each other's lives after umex starts destroying the last uh, techno temple
0: Cool. just to, just to see the the big cat like dragging somebody to safety is just
1: you know yeah it's it's, it's it's a righteous little story and that page is killer i mean it's such a good page and here's it's
0: so from that cover
1: yep that's that's hunger right so at the top that's mordanix in his human form and then that's lady Vi, who is his uh love interest in the story and they are the bad guys on the beach and they are seeing this gigantic task force coming to the shore and they're worried that's where that page kind of kicks off and uh sasha Ciardo, who's an artist from italy did that and uh he did a bang-up job he did 13 pages for us uh, he is a legitimate professional illustrator and he crushed it on every single page so we just wanted to throw that out there because people really like that uh, image he drew of the war turtle with the, the guns and the alligators and then two of the heroes are they're in the front uh, leading the attack. It's great stuff.
0: All the bats and everything too. Right. It's like, you know, it's it just crazy, but it
1: like works so well. I think if you look at why Masters of the Universe worked, at least for me, And I think for a lot of people that were a certain age that read it was it really didn't make any sense. Right. Mm -hmm. But nothing in that book made any sense. But because nothing made any sense, it all made sense. Mm -hmm. Right. And Lords of the Cosmos tries to capture that flavor where it's like, wait, what you're showing us makes no sense. Nothing makes sense. But it all works because we're not trying to make it realistic. You know. Um, it's, it's just really out there, science fiction fantasy. So that's one of the pages I drew. Um, so the storyline with the main story is that the villains are marching across the planet. And there is a capital city of the world called Gemspire that is run by a king and a queen. And they have their little army. And Umex and his army have marched to the gates of Gemspire. Spire. They have tanks. They have giant cyborgs. They have their disciples, army of military religious fanatics, and they have come to the end of the road, and they keep wondering, where are those lords of the cosmos at? And you see the king, uh, King Ural, is is in front of a camera begging for help, and uh, one of the characters is a technologically proficient dwarf, and he has drones that are flying all around the villains, and he's controlling them with that cyborg uh, organic control center with an antenna, and he is jamming all communications. So no uh, cry for help can go to the Lords of the cosmos who have been in hiding. For <clears time throat> years wow. That's some clean line work too. Well, I'm very lucky. I have a really talented anchor from Spain, uh, Dario uh, fast and he makes my clean pencils look even cleaner with some really sharp inks. He's a super talent and I'm lucky to have him make my lines and, uh, yeah, so the main story is a lot of setup for a big payoff in issue five. So it's just it's things keep looking worse and worse for the good people of Planet Aiden. And if you go to the top where we have a pretty we have a pretty sweet forty-five or forty-eight second video if you if you want to play it, it's pretty sweet. Uh, A.J. Nutter, who's a friend of mine, uh, put together an amazing just short form bam, bam, bam video. But, yeah, give it a play. It's great stuff. 46 seconds in and out. We we wanted to keep it just a punch in the gut. I'll be honest. I, I look at a lot of Kickstarters and I look at a lot of videos and a lot of people tend to put some really boring videos where it's people talking about their projects for five or six minutes. And I don't want, I, to me, I want boom, less than a minute in your face with a lot of really cool images, get it in, get it out, done.
0: Yeah. I want an actual trailer, not, you know, start to show a trailer and then it's just somebody talking somebody talking about the book and they're going to put the same thing in the in the description right so it's like you know it's like doubling up on this on the same thing which doesn't really make too much sense so
1: Well, I got to be brutally honest about myself. I'm not a pretty enough face that people are going to pay just to look at this mug. Um, I make cool stuff and I have a really cool creative team. If we're going to pitch a comic book, the last thing they want to see is this. If we want to see comic book stuff. Right. And to me, uh, when people do those kinds of videos like you're describing where it's long and boring and, and not that I don't like hearing creators talk. I mean, that's what we're doing right now but Mm -hmm. if i'm trying to hype a project i'm not going to put me talking to you up as a hype video you want 40 46 seconds boom 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 and if you want to get more into it you know i put all my appearances out and people go to them and check them out but like this isn't the forward-facing image to introduce that project to everyone you know what i mean um we worked a lot on that video to make it tight we 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 wanted it about forty-five seconds. It's forty-six, just less than a minute. Boom! You can watch it. You 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 kind of get a flavor, and either you get it or you don't. But I think it's pretty direct and clear.
0: Yeah. the The only thing that I have to say to uh, some people that even make like you know better better videos, but then they like they like putting text up, and then they go on like a million podcasts. And people that are just listening to the podcast, like on download, they're just, you know, they're just hearing like the, the music and they don't know, they don't have any context for what's going, you know, for what's going on. They know you're watching a trailer, but they can't tell what it is.
1: Well, they got me there. If they're just listening, all they'll hear is music and a woman laughing at the end. So you got me there.
0: But that's that's just something that I kind of like tell everybody, well, there's a lot of things where people will, they'll just have like, they'll do like the Star wars, like, you know, slow, slow crawl, scroll, you know, of, you know, a a description and, you know, and then like the big hype words will come up and, and then they, you know, they're like, well, I couldn't afford to pay somebody to do, to do the voiceover for it. I'm like, well, next time just call me. I'll just do it. I don't care. <laughs> I'm not doing anything else. What's it going to take? Like you know, 20 minutes out of my day to, you know, re- record, record the audio for it, so you can take that track and just mix it into the video. It doesn't take me any time. Good point. I mean, I was I was a nightclub DJ for like thirty-five years. So mm-hmm. this this is what I did. Played music, made money and uh and talked to people. But uh now I do two out of now I do one of those things. And uh, you know, I don't get paid, <laughs> but if I was at a Comic Con, this is all I would be doing, hanging out at Artist Alley. Talking to all the different creators, finding out you know what they get going on, and and asking you know asking questions because it's all stuff that interests me,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: and hopefully, uh, interests the listeners too. Uh, I guess it does because I had I had about a I had a I was a little slow with with episodes last month, but I had uh, I had like close to a hundred downloads. It's good. You know, and, you know, probably average, averaging out, like, after weeks, a lot of people, like, watch it on the backside of, you know, the the reruns on, you know, either YouTube or Facebook, and you know, I usually average out, like, 150 to 300 views, like, for just about every episode, so. Mm-hmm. You know, so, I do, I do my little part, and, uh, it just takes a while to, uh, Grow an audience, but we're—I am about twelve episodes away from hitting a hundred episodes, so
1: that's a big milestone. uh, It's—you know—it's—I think it's easy to do things once or twice. Where it really starts to get complicated is—is—is the longevity. Mm-hmm. I think you do two hundred do you get to five hundred to a thousand because there's a lot of reasons to quit so I think you know to keep going shows that you have a dedication and, and a love for doing your craft in this case you're doing you know you're doing broadcasting you're doing podcasting it's it's cool well
0: I think so but who knows right
1: well, ultimately, it's why I make comics is because I like them. Um, mm-hmm. I'm always touched if other people dig it and they want to support it. But uh, I do it because I really enjoy it. Uh, if I get some kind of notoriety or popularity out of it, that's cool. But to me, that's, that's a, a side effect of doing something you like. It's not the reason you do it. And I think if you do it for the right reasons because you care about it, I think all the other cool stuff just kind of comes along. Uh, and if it doesn't, you know what? If you really like doing it, who cares? You know what I mean? Because the reward is doing the activity, not, well, I'm doing this because I want to be popular. Well, probably not the right reason to be doing it.
0: Yeah. Most definitely. So, is this arc uh, six issues or or just the five?
1: So, I think the story arc we're on now is going to conclude in issue Seven. Seven. Yeah. Issue four is going to be the midpoint of the narrative, and then it's all going to go downhill till it all explodes at the very end. Um, and all that being said, I think Lords of the Cosmos can go past issue seven because when we started making the books, well, we made them modular. So it didn't have to be me drawing everything, obviously, and it didn't have to be the two original writers and co-owners, Dennis uh, Palmetier and, and, or Dennis Palmatier, Dennis Fallon and Jason Palmatier, my partners, And uh, so we're always excited to bring on different creators to do little bits and pieces. So um, after issue seven, we might have a different person do the main storyline art and I might just do backup stories and just work on writing. Um, The the idea is to make it so it's not dependent on any one person per se to actually do all the work that we can bring in different people and different contributors and uh, add a little more creative DNA to Lords of the Cosmos. It's a big world to play in. a lot of the people that have worked with us has commented how fun it is to work with us on these books because they can do little four and five page shorts and, and contribute to an issue. So even after issue seven with my main story arc, there's more stories to be told of different sizes. So we can fit in. We could do a whole issue of four pagers. So it wouldn't matter. We could make it a relevant issue of that type. Yeah, you got to go in so the, the world can keep spinning no matter what. Exactly. And I've always thought that was cool that we could do that because I'm a fan of other uh, creatives. So, I mean, one of the real exciting things, even with this book, is uh, a fellow named Liam, uh, he backed the book and we had a little chat. He's a writer and he said, man, I, I, I think this is really cool, man. He's like, is there something I could contribute? And I said, sure. Here's a character that we don't know much about. I don't know, write a four or five page strip script. And he sent me the script actually today and I read it and I thought this is awesome. It was so cool. Like he read the books, he uh, understood what we were talking about and he wrote a a little five page script for a character that we haven't done anything with really except been in the backgrounds and I read it and I was like, bingo, this guy gets it. I I love this little story. It needs an editor too, but it's great. And it just was so cool that he got fired up to write that and be part of what we're going to do. And I want to put it in a future book because I think he did a really bang up job. Well, that's
0: awesome that you're giving you're given different people, you know, all over the, you know, all around the globe, you know, chances to come in and, and you know, contribute to this it, vastly expanding project.
1: The thing of it is, is Lords of the Cosmos is as big and as broad as we can make it. And there is room for as many creators that want to come on and... They don't even need to do much. Give me a three page short story and, you know, we'll find a spot for it. You know, if it makes sense under the really broad rules we have, um, that's what makes it fun that it isn't like I have to do everything and only I can do it. Um, you know, someone said, I have a really cool idea. I would listen to it because I have no idea. There's a lot of, ta- there's a lot of talented people out there. And if they look at our world we've created and say, you know what, I, I have an idea. I want to hear it because maybe they have a really good idea. That would make the "What Is the Cosmos" the best book it can be, and that means listening to a lot of talented people to say, well, "What do you think?" Because they may have great ideas. And this guy Liam, he had a great idea. He did a really good job. Like it was, it was so funny, Will, because it was like getting a present today, where I was like getting a new issue of my comic privately just to me, and I got to read it, and I was just like, "Wow." Like, I just got this the best present you could get in the mail as a creator. Someone took your stuff and did a new job. It's great. That was so much fun to read that today. Well,
0: that's awesome. Makes me want to write a book now. I've never done it, but who knows? One sure. day.
1: One day, maybe. I, I would always say, st- start small, do a short story. Don't try to kill yourself writing a big novel. Just write like a 10 page story, write a five page story. See you do. Yeah, maybe
0: do a horror story and submit it to a couple of
1: people. couple
0: of people I know. I might have met like one or two creators over the year.
1: (laughs) Sure. Yeah, write a really bang up short story and see what people think. If you get a critique, maybe someone wants to turn into a comic. Who knows? But yeah, go for it, dude. Make it. I got nothing but time.
0: You know? Locked, locked in the house and no place to go. So, you know, of course, you know, I might want to play with some toys once in a while. <laughs> you know, cuz you find like older stuff like this. Oh, no way. <laughs> Dynamite, I love it. And it's it's the deluxe edition so he can do like all that stuff. Nice. I used to buy some cool stuff once in a while. But I've got I've got like all all the so many comics. Can't see them because it's dark in here, but I got about I got about 200 short boxes behind me, so. oh. But so besides your own book, of course, which which you would recommend have you read anything recently
1: on the indie side that you would recommend to somebody else so probably my favorite book that i've been reading it, it's a friend of mine that he makes his book lovecraft pi um and he lives up in the the new england area he might be near you um and he's been doing lovecraft pi now for the better part of eight years and uh, he just did a crossover with uh, Mike Shay's book, Miskatonic High, which is kind of like a Scooby-Doo Cthulhu mixed mashup kind of deal with teenagers with Cthulhu. And, uh, I like Miskatonic High and I like Lovecraft PI because they're kind of like fresh, more modern fun takes on like, you know, old school HP Lovecraft Cthulhu stuff. Um, so as far as indie books, um, that's, that's a, a recommendation that I have right now. Uh uh, a book that I really think is cool is Isham Kane. Uh, he's a guy that's backed my books and he makes his books. He, he lives in uh, Europe and he has a book called Wahid. And it's like if Saddam Hussein had a superhero. And uh, it's a really trippy book. It's really violent and it kind of has like kind of this old world kind of religious style, not religious art, but like a religious art style to it. And, uh, he has a book, his second issue of Waheed is on Kickstarter right now. It's solid, man. Um, I enjoyed the first issue. He shared that book with me uh, like a year ago, and uh, I like that. It's it's a good book. Um, he's a good friend. He's always supported me, and and I support him, and, and I like his books. And uh, just off the top of my head, those are two that come to mind that uh, – they're just solid books. I mean, there's so, to be honest, there's so many good independent books out right now. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's so many. And I think Kickstarter has helped open up that world and Indiegogo too, uh, to to allow uh, people to have uh, voices that maybe just because of technology and finance couldn't in the past. So uh, I know I'm benefiting from that. But yeah, so independent books I would recommend right now. Waheed uh, issue two is on Kickstarter. Lovecraft P.I. and uh, Miskatonic High are not on Kickstarter right now. They were earlier. Excuse me. They were earlier this year. But they're Mike Shea and and D.W. Con are really solid guys, too.
0: Very cool. I always like I always like to ask somebody towards towards the end end of the session, you know, besides your own book. what you know. Throw out a couple, you know, shout outs to like other creators and. And, you know, recommendations for stuff that, you know, you might have read that you liked. And I just think yeah, it's, I, I think it's, I think it's interesting because it then it opens up and it gets, you know, it get, gets more names in my head. And then I'm like, I'm searching Kickstarter for, for things. And I know this, there's like, you know, millions of people a day that like search Kickstarter for, you know, comic books and everything else under the sun. Mm-hmm. You
1: know. Yeah, no, and, and here's the thing, there's so many cool things floating around out there that you never know if the the thing that it would be something you would fall in love with is something obscure that without someone tipping you off that it exists, maybe it just scoots past you and you never know it's there, you know. Oh yeah. Plus uh HBO Max has that Lovecraft County.
0: Yeah. So you know, it's like if you like Lovecraft County, check out Lovecraft PI.
1: Yeah, no. Check out Miskatonic High. I mean, they're good books. I mean, those guys put a lot of time and money and effort into both those books. And then earlier this year, they did a crossover where uh, the Lovecraft PI character crosses over to the Miskatonic High kids, and they go time traveling to like 1932 Washington DC, and they're fighting uh, the Black Good of a thousand young. And it's just zany, zany hijinks, man. It's good stuff. But that just wrapped. I think they raised like twenty thousand dollars for that book. So they did a great job.
0: Oh yeah. That's, that's no, uh, you know, that's no two piece of KFC for sure.
1: No, no. <laughs> really nice. And, uh, Wahid is doing really good too. He's on Kickstarter right now. He's doing really good. And, uh, another book, uh, I'll, I'll, sh- I'll shout out two more names. Um, so, uh, and I shared this on my Kickstarter, um, cause I backed it is, uh, Nine Tales, uh, Tales of the Red Sphinx is a book that a creator out of Sweden, uh, created. And, and I, forgive me, I, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but, uh, he was kind enough to give my backers the downloads. So if you go to my updates and you can download it. Um, but it's in there. Uh, it, it's a kind of, a, uh, it's, it's kind of a superhero vigilante, uh, kind of a cat type person. Uh, really solid art, all European creative team, short stories for this book, uh, Red Sphinx. And then, uh, the last book I'll shout out independently is in-, in an era, which is kind of a really, uh, really interesting book with, uh, kind of like people stuck in an airplane and it's a thriller. And right now uh, a fellow named Aaron Roblowski is doing that on Kickstarter. And, uh, he sent me the first two issues of the book. Uh, I backed uh, issue three and four. Um, yeah, it's, it's cool. So, and, and, and era E N E R E N E N R A, and then Red Sphinx, uh, nine tails. And, you know, it's weird when you do a Kickstarter, it's kind of funny because you have kind of a coming out party where you go live and, uh, people are, are launching at the same time and then you start to see the people on the circuit, people doing the podcast, they're posting things. And, uh, I think there's a lot more community with that where, um, you know, uh, I, I gave, uh, you know, nine tails a shout in one of my updates and I gave, uh, in an era a shout out and Wahid's going to get a shout out next week. And, uh, I, I like to promote other other I like to promote other creators books that have Kickstarters when I do and then they promote my books, you know, because we're trying to to allow our backers to see things that we like. And Whenever I promote a book, it's usually because I back the book. Well, it's not usually it's because I do back it because I don't want to tell you to go check a book out that I'm not supporting and getting the book too. Um, last book. I'll shout out is Frank Forte uh, storyboard artist, heavy metal veteran. Uh, oh, hell yeah. He was, yeah, sure. he, he was on just the other day. I'm good friends with Frank. Well, Frank's Frank and I blabbed for a long time, and uh, Frank uh, and I were chatting about uh, Kickstarters, and we we did a book swap, and uh, we're gonna I'm gonna promote his book the last week he's live, and at some point he's gonna you know push my book uh, the last week it's live because I think his book it's a lot like Cry for Dawn. Uh, I like that. And uh, I support Frank and I'm going to you know, recommend and back his book to, to my backers uh, to tell them to go check out Frank's book. And and uh, I guess it's a spoiler. I, I did ask Frank. I was like, maybe you'll do a cover for Lords of the Cosmos issue five. And he thought that was a pretty sweet idea. So maybe we'll have a Frank Forte cover for a future Lords of the Cosmos. But the fun thing is, and what I'm getting at is like Frank has a Kickstarter right now and um, maybe some people would look at that as like competition to me. I'm excited for Frank and, and Aaron and the guys from Wahid, Hisham, uh, the guys from nine tails. I'm excited for, for DW. I'm excited for uh, Mike Shea from Miskatonic high. Cause to me, I want all those people to succeed because to me, if they're succeeding, I'm succeeding. So um, I love to recommend their books and projects because they're the people that are doing stuff around when I am. And then once the Kickstarter backs, then you kind of, you kind of get out of the Kickstarter circuit because now you're focusing on rewards. But uh, right now I'm really excited about Kickstarters in general, man. And I'm excited about all those people I just mentioned. If you're friends with Frank Forte, he's good people and he's a really cool artist. So maybe he'll be part of Lords of the Cosmos five, Frank, we hope you're there.
0: And, uh, Hey, Trish, uh, Chris, for Mike going into surgery tomorrow, her husband Mike's going into surgery, and she wishes you all the luck in the world. Uh, you rock, and they love you.
1: Well, thank you so much, guys.
0: That's sweet. Thanks. Love, Frankie's He's sharing with me new art, and he's working on
1: updating a lot of his stuff. Well. Frank's is one of those guys. He's been around for a long time. He, he, uh, he's cool. I like the, what he makes. Um, I'm in a couple groups that Frank has organized on Facebook and it makes me laugh. Cause it, it's all old, weird seventies and eighties shit that I love. He's in a heavy metal. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's into some old school hard stuff. So like Frank's one of those people, and I I've never been lucky enough to meet him in person, but I like people like Frank because he's the kind of person that I would love to hang out with in person because we like all the same stuff. Um, and I think it's cool. And I love seeing posts on social media where he's putting up like old school heavy metal covers and like old school interiors. And he put a, he put a penciled uh, animation cell mock-up from heavy metal, the movie of one of the leaders that gets his head cut off in the Tarna store. And I was like, that's, that's cool, man. That's cool. You know, like when you, it's like when you mentioned Gru earlier in the show about Chakal being in, like, issues 50 through 52. I'm like, that's cool, you know. But, uh, yeah, no, we'll have to see if we can get Frank on board for Heavy or heavy Metal. My God, uh, Lords of the Cosmos 5, because I think it'd be fun to get him involved. Because I think he's, he's the kind of person that we want to have work with us because he likes the kind of cool stuff that is where the roots of Lords of the Cosmos comes from. So if you know Frank, say, Frank, do the Lords of the Cosmos with Jason. Do it. Do it, damn it. Yeah, I'll hit him up in his DMs. So, I hear you doing a a cover for the Lords of the Cosmos. See, I heard it's this hot independent book that everyone's talking about. <laughs> There's a talking cat in it.
0: There's a talking cat in it. All kinds of freaky 70s stuff that you like.
1: Is there one of them wizards of that talking cat and a girl with a tight shirt and a sword? Get me a copy. <laughs> It's got heavy metal shit written all over it. It's totally, it's totally got heavy metal shit in it for real. Yeah, it was, it was, it was like really cool. Okay, we'll write him tonight. <laughs> Everyone's demanding. We demand that you do the cover, a cover, because we, like I said, I, I like having a couple variant covers. We demand. We don't ask. We demand that Frank do a cover for Lords of the Cosmos. It'll be sweet.
0: Trish will get him to do it because uh, Trish bought a uh, an original Joker piece off of Frank uh, a couple weeks ago. He was on uh, Monday Night Madness with uh, Pops mm-hmm. Manzant, and uh, I was I ended up you know pop popping in on the show and hanging out with everybody. And uh, Frank Frank has uh, it it slipped his mind to to mail out trish's joker piece so she could use that as leverage to get him to do a variant cover for issue five of lord's of the cosmos i love it,
1: I love it. no he'll do a cool G- i mean he's i don't know wink he's just wink, Trish. wink 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 no it'll be cool i know i know he'll do it man he's he's a kindred soul and i i think it'll be awesome Now, i i'll be honest man to me social media is so much fun because there's so much damn talent on there that uh Sometimes I just see people and I'm like, I want you to do something for me. And I kind of have a wish list of artists for issue uh, five. And uh, we're going to have some other bang up people do some work for us for issue five. Um, the story is going to go in a totally different direction in issue five. And I'm excited. I'm excited for issue five. I'm excited for issue six. Hell, I'm excited for Liam's story I got today. I you swear know? I
0: did just message them.
1: Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> But no, it's it's just fun, man. And ultimately, you know, if Lords of the Cosmos gives me joy and makes me excited, I, I hope people get the book in the mail and, and they get the the old issues if they're new to it. I just hope it's just a fun-ass book that you read and you say, holy shit, where's, where's the next one? We like this book. Um, it's just fun, man. It's just fun. Yeah,
0: well, I, uh, I joined uh, something online, like on Facebook, comment book related, of course, Uh called the Comic Book Shopping Network. Mm
1: -hmm. Uh,
0: Jesse James from Jesse James Comics out in Arizona joined forces with uh, Jen King of Space Cadets in Texas, and they created this comic book shopping network. Mm -hmm. So there is continuously live shows from various stores selling comics basically all, all around the clock, and now they've even got an entertainment channel Doing stuff like I'm doing now, you know, interviewing creators, uh, just you know, talking comics in general, uh, you know, shop talk with various comic shops, and you know, all kinds of other stuff. And uh, I just Jesse runs a program where instead of paying for shipping every time you buy something, you can fill up a short box, and then he'll he'll charge you $15 flat rate shipping to ship you a full short box of comics. Wow. So I just, after like a few months, I just filled up an entire short box. And one of the last things I bought was a stack of warlord, like that high. All for like a buck a (laughs) piece. Oh, my. You know, they all like, you know, a couple of ticks and spine rolls, you know, so they were like, you you know, maybe like 7.0s. And I'm like, I don't care. I I just want to read them again. I used to have the entire series.
1: So I want to just say something about that. It's interesting to me. Um, I've like I was saying about I make comics because I like it. I read comics because I like them. And look, I don't want my comics to be torn up, right? But like, I never could quite understand the whole slabbing books things. Uh, And and I I would never begrudge someone for making a a buck selling comics. But to me, some of my most favorite comics probably have no value at all. But I really Mm like the books. And the idea of saying, I bought a book and I'm going to slab it and then never look at it, I never quite understood that and I and look I invest I own stocks I own cryptocurrency I'm always trying to make money but I the things that I try to make money off of are never things that I like you know what I mean there's financial securities equities whatever and I don't know I've been good over the year making money off that but I never could quite get the feel for saying I'm I'm gonna own a book and slab it because it's like but you can't read it you know so to me like I I think Warlord's a dope book, man. I like that book. It's a trippy book from the 70s. It's very Lords of the Cosmos-esque, right? And to me, who cares if it's got a nick in the cover? You're buying it to read and enjoy, you know? Mm -hmm. So I never quite, and that's just me, and and like I'm not saying, well, it's stupid or it's wrong, or if if it's what you want to do, do it. Just for me personally, I I never could wrap my head around it. It just never made sense to me.
0: I've got... Uh, I've got four slabs. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually, if I slab something, I'll only slab like keys, not like not like modern keys. Which is which is why like your CGCs and CBCSs can't get anybody's books out in a reasonable amount of time is because every week stores are flooded with all these spec books from all the spec sites and they send in like, you know, each each chapel send in like, you know, 10 or 15 of whatever's supposed to be like the hot book with the hot cover artist or whatever. And they're like overwhelmed with, you know, you know a ton of modern books. Um, So, I mean, I bought one that it was already slabbed. I bought it at an auction for like 35 bucks because it'll cost you like 40 bucks to get a book slabbed anyhow uh, I bought in all-star an all-star squadron number one uh because well one because I like the book and two because it was signed by Jerry Ordway it would cost and I bought it like that because it would cost me more to go into a go into a convention and then, you know, pay Jerry to sign a book. It would cost, you know, he's gonna charge at least $25 if not more. And I've noticed artist signatures, you know, creative signatures are going up and up and up. And I'm like, there's gotta be a limit to this. Cause you know, people are just gonna be like, you know, I'm almost at the point where I don't want anything signed anymore. I'd like signed stuff. But I don't like sign stuff enough to, you know, to give somebody $50 to sign, to sign a book. And I know most of that is, comes back to the fact that a good portion of the people are just having people sign books. So they yeah. can a
1: the hotel room and eBay them. You know, it's weird. It's um- weird. In 1997, I was at the Harrisburg International Airport. I was coming back from Las Vegas. I was in Las Vegas for a, a spring break trip in college. And I was at the Harrisburg International Airport getting my luggage. And uh, I was just waiting with a crowd of people. And there was a, a Asian-looking uh, fellow that was near us. And I kept staring at him because I thought I recognized this man. And I, I kept staring and staring and staring. And I went over and I tapped him on the shoulder. And no one was talking to him. And I said, excuse me, sir. I, I hate to bother you, but are you George Takei from from Star Trek? And he looked at me and he said, yes. Oh and I said, my. wow, I'm a, big, I'm a big fan of Star Trek. I really like Sulu. I'm like, wow, can I get your autograph? He's, uh, What is your name? And I said, Jason, Jason, do you have a piece of paper and a pen? And I did. And I gave him a piece of legal paper and a pen in this amazingly beautiful handwriting he wrote me a note that said uh, dear jason live long and prosper george takei and he just gave it to me and he said thank you it's nice to meet you and we each got our luggage and nobody talked to him and we we went about our way and the reason i share that story is i would never sell that autograph i think it's really cool i have it in a drawer and uh to me it was cool because it was just this innocent authentic one of a kind experience i didn't pay for it you know he just was i didn't bother the man i i mean i i did i guess i didn't bother him but i was like right just hey is is that you you know what i mean and uh yes and uh you know now i think as those experiences have become more monetized I don't think you could do that anymore. And like, you know, and, and I don't begrudge people like George Takei cause I'm sure now if you went to see him at a convention, I don't know what would it cost like five or $600 to have him write you a note. Uh, something of that nature. I, me personally, I would never pay for it. Like if you said, well, Jason, you could get a George Takei thing. It's two, or three, $400. I would say no, I don't, I don't care. Uh, I, so I'm not into that. Um, I do have some celebrity autographs I did did get to meet john carpenter I I did some john carpenter fan art and I was at a convention at the wizard world Philadelphia years ago. And a bunch of fans were buying the john carpenter art and having john carpenter it at the john carpenter booth john carpenter had one of his people come over and said hey we'd like to get some of your art is really cool and I said well all I want is to meet John and have him autograph some of my art for me. And and they said, that sounds cool. Come on over and bring some stuff from Mr. Carpenter. And and I got to meet John Carpenter. We got our picture together. Uh, I gave him some stuff. I signed it for him. He signed it for me. And uh, we got our picture together looking like two big dorks. And he didn't ask me for money. You know what I mean? I didn't charge him for the prints. And I just thought it was really cool. And like, so to me, I like those cash-free experiences just because to me, it's a little more authentic. Mm-hmm. Right like he wanted to see something I had and I'm like well that's cool to me you know Because I think the world of John Carpenter And his work you know he's He's a superstar but it was cool that he wanted something That I made you know And uh, I treasure that picture and I treasure Those autographs because to me that's legit Authentic stuff whereas you know, Not that seeing paying to see him but to me that was Never authentic so I don't go that way You know And it, not knocking people that do it but I don't I don't like paying for autographs. I just, it just rubs me the wrong way. Yeah. I don't, I don't like, you know, I don't like paying for them, but
0: I, I understand why, you know, comic creators, you know, especially like, you know, named comic creators that are working for like the the larger press units. uh, Sure. You know, charge because they get bombarded with people that are, you know, wheeling over like a long box of books that they want signed. Yeah, and they it, they know that they're just they're doing this and they're they're gonna take like the best ones if there's anything in there you know worth grading that they're gonna grade so they can you know make even more money on top of it and then they they're just gonna take all these books and sell them.
1: Yeah, and and you're right. I mean, these people realize what's going on and they they don't like being taken advantage of. Again, if you go to my two stories, I mean, I treasure those things and I treasure those experiences and and, and I think. If more people were doing what I'm talking about, I think those people would be more free with autographs, but no good deed goes unpunished. There's too many people taking advantage of them. So now they have to be, they have to be a little bit of a dick to be like, nah, if you're going to take advantage of me, I'm going to take advantage of, of, you know, this activity because you're not treating me right. So I, I get it. I'm just not into it. So, I mean, to me, the paywalls have kind of made me just be like, "eh." Yeah, you know. and the
0: you know it's it it's like getting it's getting ridiculous because the more things go up, the more people think that they're worth even more than that, and they think they're going to get rich off it, and they don't they don't want to say no because you know they want to they want to meet the actor that played like their favorite role and uh-huh. you know get their autograph. But I remember like one of the first shows I went to. Um when I was like, you know, seventeen in Boston and they had they had a slew of the uh the Star Wars actors. Uh David Prouse was there, Peter Mayhew was there, Jeremy Bullock was there. Mm-hmm. Uh and then they had a they had a couple guys that were like, you know, played like various various aliens or like, you know, non major roles, like the the, the guy who played Credo was there and Kenny Baker was there. And I think the most expensive autograph was David, was David Prowse. Cause you know, well, you know, he's the big bad. And I think he was, he was getting like, you know, $30 for an autograph and everybody else was, you know, charging like 25. Like, I think 25 is a reasonable amount. I don't see the need to pay. Like, uh, I saw, uh, there's, a, there's like an online thing where you can, because there's no big, big conventions. So I see a lot of, you know, these autograph companies that uh, just sent you what Frank is working on right now. Can we
1: see it? Who'd you send it to, Trish? Jason or me? Oh, they sent it to me. I don't know how to share it. Hold on.
0: Uh down the bottom, just hit uh share
1: screen and it'll come up and I can I can click on it and put it up there. Let okay. me find it. Hold on. Let me download it. T- t- take a pause. Take a pause. Okay. We'll we'll keep
0: talking about this. Uh I own four graded books. Um I own the All-Star Squadron that I told you about. Mm-hmm. I I own a uh, I own I'm a big Vampirella fan and I I love Perillo's art on Vampirella, like so much and I had the I had the opportunity to uh, get a, get an autograph of the the Vampirella versus the re- re- Reanimator. Uh, Number one, uh, Virgin variant cover that he did, and and sign it, and you know the man's over in Italy, so there's no way to get it now. So, I've got I've got that one. I've got uh, the Detective Eight Eighty, which is a big key and uh, expensive in its own right. I've got that uh, triple signed, and th- then I've got. Uh, and Action Comics 1000, one of the
1: uh, Art Germ variant covers, I've got that. Uh, okay, well, I, that just to you. I just sent it to you. I don't want to botch everything up on the show. I just said it to you. Okay, so you just sent it to me. So let me let me open up fake book again. Are, are we allowed to share this? I don't want to cause any problems in the art general art world. I think it's okay. it should be okay I, I do have an art money thing i want to ask you to we're going to look at frank's stuff and then feel that feel that we need to up our game but i do ha, i do have something that just a money art experience thing okay so i'll, I'll
0: stop sharing that and then i'll come up here to this and... there the you go Frank Forte, Frank Forte. That's really cool. Trish, is that the piece you got done? Oh, it's cool.
1: Glad he is. We put it up. Too late. Whoops. Glad it was okay.
0: Trish, is that the sketch that uh, you and Jason picked? Cause they, uh, they also backed, uh, Frank's vampire versus, but they, they, they grabbed the tier where they would get everything mm. plus a blank, the blank sketch cover with an original sketch from Frank on the cover.
1: I see. So can I ask you my money question? Mom? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to shout one of my coworkers out, uh, I call money man his name is john mamula and john is like a money a money winner if you listen to this guy john you'll make money uh he's smart with money and we were talking about autographs and i wanted to ask you this because he asked me a while ago he said are you seeing people in the comic book community paying for digital art and not like a book pdf but i'm saying like uh one of a kind digital piece of artwork And I said I've never heard of comic book Artists selling this Right Because uh, I From what I've understood if people are doing their art digitally They have nothing to sell Outside of a book uh, And then he told me recently He's been dabbling on a website called NBA Hot Shots Where They're putting Tokenized unique videos Of like NBA stuff And then you buy it And you're the only person that has this video of like, you know, a guy from the Celtics or, you know, a guy from the Spurs. And then people are buying and selling these tokenized videos. And I'm like, man, I don't see it, but people are paying thousands of dollars for these videos. Have you heard about this? I have not,
0: but let me just be the first one to say those people are freaking stupid. I don't care if you don't like me. I'm gonna, pre- I'm gonna pretend this is vodka.
1: There we go. I don't
0: give a fuck. So.
1: Uh, Uh, And I'll be honest, John's my money man. And I've been as I've been doing I've been asking people about, you know, digital art because I don't that
0: that topic came up in a in like a, a comic book chat room I was in one day from from an actual artist. Do you prefer to get your original commissions done traditionally or digitally? And I'm like, uh, traditionally, that way I know it's one of a kind.
1: Yeah, no. So will because, you're so will you're with yeah. me? You don't get this. You you're with me. You are not getting because I don't get it either.
0: I I can go, you know, anybody can go dark web, and download any digital image of anything. I remember about six months ago, not long after Donnie Cates got married, uh, he didn't care about anything. And like right after he got married, he cared about every penny he was making. And I guess a couple of a couple of like trolls that were probably like, you know, 12, 13 years old were going on the dark web and you know, to unscrupulous sites that would allow them to, you know, basically steal you know, basically steal the medium. Mm-hmm. So they could just, they could just like, you know, download a, download a p you know, steal a PDF of, you know, like his, his current books. And he was, he was like arguing with this kid. And I'm like, one, he's, he's not going to win the argument because this kid is like, you know, 12 years old with the mentality of a five-year-old. And he knows he's, he already knows he's gotten under Donnie's skin. So he's just going to keep doing it. Hmm. And I got I got that from the fact that if you have a little brother and he is annoying the holy fuck out of you, you know he's gonna keep doing it because he can because he can because mom's gonna he's little he doesn't know any better. Don't you touch your brother, and then when your mother turns around, you right in the back of the head. And then you drag them outside like, go ahead, make fun of me.
1: Well, John, there you go, dude. I asked another person about uh, digital stuff and, uh, in the comic book circles, no one's feeling it. I, it, I, cause, and the reason I ask is cause I, John is always, he's a money man. And, uh, He seems to think it's going to be a thing. And I'm like, I'm going to ask my, you know, I'm going to ask people in my community, people like you. And like, Mm -hmm. I'm curious. So you'd be like, oh, yeah, people. And I'm like, I I haven't found anyone in our community that's doing it, which isn't to say there isn't, but I haven't. Not for original stuff, but a lot of
0: the book. the, the, The PDF, the book. And there's so many people that are, you know, they're doing all their art, you know, a lot of people are doing like all their art digitally. Or mm-hmm. they'll do, you know, they'll do the pencils traditionally, scan it in, and you know, do do the inks on, you know, on digital. the iPad and and you know, all that other stuff. Here we go.
1: I hate digital. I'd rather hold and see the real thing. John, you see that? Trish. Does not go for this digital stuff either So there's another voice, John Right? Money Man John People, we're not feeling it yet Maybe
0: we'll all be wrong But I'm asking for you, brother You know, like Stan Lee used to say Comics look, look Just fine on a screen But comics are like boobs I'd rather hold them in my hand Stan knows You know And a lot of artists, uh, if they don't do all their art digitally, they transfer it to digital so they can send the files into sure. printers to do, to make up, you know, all their, all their prints. And prints are like a huge business. I'm not talking about, you know, digital prints. I'm talking about, you know, an, origi- an original piece of artwork. If it's an original piece of artwork, I want it done traditionally. I want, you know, if I'm going to pay for art, I actually want art. I don't want something that you com- composed with the help of a computer. I want something that the artist, you know, you know, free handed, you know, himself. Because, I mean, I've got a, I got a slew of prints somewhere around here and, you know, and of course, I know they're all, you know, run off and cleaned up digitally before before they print them out. But I mean, I got them signed, so I've got I've got uh, the cover of Iron Man one twenty nine, Demon in a Bottle from Bob Layton. I've got that that cover print signed by Bob Layton, and that print's right out of Bob Layton's own print collection. Uh, I also got the uh the original, you know, the original print of the cover of just the cover art, so the virgin variant of uh the new Teen Titans number one, the Baxter edition. Mm-hmm. Uh and I got that signed by both Wolfman and Perez. And then I've got another one of Thanos and Hulk Fighting uh from Jim Starlin, signed by Jim Starlin you know, but that's, that's like a different animal, like altogether. No, I don't care about digital stuff. Rather pay more for the book. And we all know I back stuff, keep it digital and send me the real thing.
1: Yeah. And see, I, I it's, it's so crazy because I like to listen to new ideas and I'm telling you, John's my money, man. If you ever want to have someone talk about making money, bring him on the show. But he's been telling me about this digital, like digital original art. And I'm. he, he asked me, he goes, are you seeing this? And I'm like, not one, like, I think what Trish is saying, like that, that is, I think people like Trish are typical of art buyers, at least the ones that I see. I, I think if you offer them in a, a digital original, they'd laugh at you, but that's just what I see, you know? And, and look, I love having PDFs because I do have people that say I don't want physical books. And that's cool because I think for them, it's more of a space issue. Mm-hmm. So to me, I have both because people like Trish want physical books. I like physical books, right? Um, but I do know that there are people that specifically say I wouldn't back it unless you had a PDF because I like to buy the books digital. So, I mean, to me, I could have both. You know, it, it isn't like... yeah, to me the, it
0: isn't, but the, the, the digital reader market is like tremendously small. The biggest yeah. market is... Is is trades Graphic You know Trade paperback Graphic novels uh, And you know And the hardcovers That's the biggest part Because people want to We live in a binge world So mm-hmm. people want to sit down And they want to read The entire story mm-hmm. Um, You know Because of what I do I get lots And lots And lots of PDFs But I'm doing You know um, you know, scanning through books before I do a show with a creator, so I so I know what they have. Even if I didn't have time to read, uh, you know, two hundred pages of uh, of your work, yet I will read it. <laughs> you know, um, but uh, I get stuff from I get stuff sent to me from. Publishers, you know, they sure. Valiant. You know, I'm uh, the store in Texas um, that Jen Jen King owns, Space Cadets. They're actually doing all of Valiant's fulfillment, and I'm on I'm on a list because of working for Outright Geekery, on top of doing the podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, that they decided they wanted to comp me the latest version of bloodshot and exo manowar so they sent me like a couple of advanced copies like two weeks ago in the mail
1: like physical copies so you know i'll be honest i'm going to tell a story and i think you and trish are going to laugh um because trish is really weighing in the original stuff so i really like uh two guys that do writing and editing uh Glenn Owen Barris and Brian Sammons, they're two of my favorite modern horror writers slash editors. And they do they write short stories and they 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 build uh, H.P. Lovecraft themed short story collections. And I found out they made a cyberpunk Cthulhu book with Chaosium in 2013. Really wanted to get it. Looked online. Copies are gone. Physical copies are going for hundreds of dollars. And I, I actually sent them a message because I know them. They're they're cool dudes. And I was like, yo, do you guys like have one I could buy from you guys? And they're like, Why? And uh I told them and uh they were like, What? They're like, this book's this they're like go to Chaosium, order it direct. And Chaosium was like, we don't sell to the, outside the you know US for this book, it's only in UK. And then uh I went to Amazon and I could have downloaded it as a Kindle. But here's the thing. I got a whole shelf of Lovecraft Cthulhu books. I don't want. I, I, I'm like Trish. I'm like, I don't want a damn download. I want the book. So I actually tracked a copy, a used copy down on eBay for like fifty eight dollars. And I bought it from a used bookstore in Seattle. No, I could have saved 40 bucks and bought the Kindle. But but I'm like you guys, I don't want it. I want the physical book on the damn shelf, you know, so I get it. And I love the book, it's a great book Brian, Glenn, great job But I paid, you know, a premium To get a used paperback book Because I didn't want the Kindle I don't want it Right? But there, I'm sure there's people that would like the Kindle Just not me You know After
0: after you got it and read it Did you recontact those guys And ask if you could Mail them that book and have them write a note Inside for you?
1: I maybe I will now. Hey Brian, how much will you charge me to sign it? Glenn, how much? Problem is Glenn lives in the UK. I'd probably pay a ton of money just to ship it there and back to get oh, it. Oh
0: yeah. Oh, it would take you like a year to get it back and be like like three hundred dollars to ship it.
1: Yeah. they their their internet uh, instant messages are enough. We're good. Oh yeah. But no, I'm I'm with you guys. Like I wanted the physical copy. It's a hell of a book. I want their books as as you know on my shelf, you know.
0: Oh yeah. So let's see what Trish is saying now. Honestly, it turns her away from Kickstarter when they're like back, and you can have all these downloads, so you don't care enough to send an actual copy. Sometimes the the digital books that they're that you get in some of those bonus packs aren't actually of the creators because there's so many creators that like you know intermingle and and cross over and donate like you know a digital like issue one or issue two of like one of their series to a different Kickstarter and it goes in like a big bundle for when somebody buys like a physical backing they get like all these extra books that they can read in PDF format in hopes that it's gonna spark something in somebody that they're actually going to turn around and you know look up and, and cause interest in another, you know, in another creator.
1: Yeah, no, I, I think that, uh, to, to me, PDFs are cool. If you have physical, cause like I said, there are people that want both. Mm-hmm. Um, but to me, it's easy enough to have both because I mean, we, we, well, have a lot of, together. a
0: lot of people nowadays want both because they are so, dead set on burying all their books in a plastic coffin mm-hmm. slab got to slab everything I'm like I see slabbing like major first appearances like the first appearance of Power Girl uh, you know the first appearance of like say Miles Morales you know first appearance of Luke Cage first appearance of John Constantine I could see wanting to get those slabbed and graded because you don't want anything to happen to them. and at that at that point, certain books like that uh become become like an investment. Mm-hmm. And you've probably already read that book like you know three or four times. But, yeah, um, the other thing, too, is a lot of people like the PDFs because if they, they back the Kickstarter, it takes a while to get the actual physical books to them. And some people, even though they get the, the, they get the PDF, like, way ahead of time, don't want to read the PDF. They want to wait till they get the physical book in their hands so they can feel the book, smell the book. You know, like Joe Biden smelling and stuff. And, uh, you know, flip it open. And, you know, they just want that thrill of holding a new comic book in their hands that they've been dying to read.
1: I I think part of it is how you grew up. Um, I think my childhood experience. Like I'll give you an example, right? I used to love going to the mall. When I was a kid, I loved it. I thought it was totally cool, and like, I have so many positive memories of being at a mall that like it's weird because our mall, mall now is like a post-apocalyptic movie, mm-hmm. and like if you go to it, it's depressing. But when we go there for what few things we still go there for, I still feel excited when I pull into the parking lot because my brain still says, get excited for the mall, even though there's no evidence, right? It sucks, but I still get excited. Like what is it? Pavlov's dog, you ring a bell and the dog slobbers. I'm, I'm like that. And, and mm-hmm. I think, you know, you and I are of a certain age that when you grew up in those childhood years, you open a book, and you the the smell, the touch, the paper grain, and uh, y- you, your brain associates those smells and touches and textures with feeling good as a as a kid. And so to say, hey, here's a PDF. Your brain isn't wired to get the same enjoyment now. If you were a little kid today maybe reading a PDF would be just fine. Cause that's all, you know, but for us, how do you unprogram what you saw when you were eight? You don't, I don't think you can. So for people like you, me, you know, uh, Trish, like we're programmed that that's what makes us feel good. So to say, here's a PDF, that's all you can get. What it's really saying is I'm not going to give you the pleasure and enjoyment of what makes you feel good, which could be physically holding paper. I'll be honest, man. What makes me feel the best is the old gritty, more pulpy paper with the old four color printing. Not that the new coloring isn't dope, but like to me, that's not the feeling that I remember. Mm-hmm. You know, the four color printing, the gritty is. So it's, it's, it, 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 I think there's a lot of what you are used to and how you grew up. A young, you know, if we had a fifteen-year-old kid, they may say, "What the hell are you guys talking about?" Because they don't know that, you know. You know, unless
0: they would, unless they were taught that. So let's see, Chris. So didn't know it was called slab for the longest time, and Mike and I called it putting them in a coffin. Uh, That's what I was calling them at first too. So when we started talking to people, I would say, "I don't like coffin comics." Except Coffin Comics is Brian Polito's Lady Death Company. (laughs) Did you you tell Brian this story? I just want to see if he would laugh. He He probably would if he'd been drinking that day. Brian's a good guy. I've met him like three or four times. So yeah, and 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 Trish Trish also said that she will pay more for original art on a Kickstarter. Good to know. So, do you
1: have original art on this Kickstarter? I do. Um, I have my pencil pages um, are available on the Kickstarter, and I believe there's 14 plus the two covers that I did. So I have 16 total original pieces in the Kickstarter, and I know some of them have sold. There are still some available. So, hey, Trish, if you want to get some original art from me, there's still some in there. Um, Sasha from italy has his original pages uh, available and they are amazing now mine are just pencils uh, my anchor digitally inked my pages but sasha's are all hand inked they're very tiny they're about this big and they're amazing now the other artists that worked in the book did their stuff all digital so i don't actually have rewards like what we were talking about i don't have pages to sell of joe's and uh, zach's work for this book i don't so
0: But I know uh, my favorite cover, uh, minus the uh, cover adornments, just the art from that cover, would make a great print. Just saying. Hmm.
1: I just throw out ideas. Wait, what's that idea? I missed it. I'm sorry. My, my, brain, my brain was short now. Tell me that idea again. Let me, get, let me get my idea tablet out. That my favorite
0: cover on this project would make a great print.
1: Mm. Well, I'll tell you what, one of the beautiful parts of Kickstarter is I can add that as a tier. I can add that right, well, not right this minute, but I could add that.
0: Trish said no about the original. I I think it's just that her credit card's crying
1: well you know what it'll still be there i got stacks
0: of original art so sometime in the future you can get an original piece from jason there'll be something frame it and hang it on the wall
1: no but well here's the actually i'll tell you uh, before i got on this uh on, on this uh, podcast with you um a buddy of mine that backs all my books he sent me a note he said hey i haven't backed a new book yet um i i i, I will do that and i said jimmy i said well it's great well, thank you and he said hey can we get art from your you as like movie poster size so i sent him a dimension i said like this dimension 24 by 36 and he said yeah that's what i want and i said well what art do you want he goes i got to look but can we get any of your art in that poster size from lords of the cosmos and i'm like yeah we can make it whatever size you want and uh, so I put a number out to him and I said, would this be fair for a big blown up custom poster and a book? And he was like, dude, that's a very fair price. And it's actually, I put it on as a tier just for him. And if other people want to get a big poster of anything, including you, well, if you would like to get that poster um, for the book and the big 22, 24 by 36 prints, it would be $110 with shipping as a Kickstarter tier. So that image you could get, we could print it without the logo on it, or if you just want like a smaller print, we could work it out for you.
0: Oh no, she was talking about uh, Brian Polito. She hasn't, she hasn't, she hasn't, she hasn't regaled Brian with that story yet.
1: But yeah, we could make that into a print. That's a good idea. What size? What size? Like eleven by seventeen? What size do you think?
0: Um. I don't know I got prints around here somewhere oh I've got one laying right here
1: Uh, my guess is that's 11 by 17 yeah I think so because it's it's top loader print size Mm -hmm. is that that the size you're thinking
0: yeah cuz that's the size of like all the other ones I have yeah okay
1: I can do that for you that's easy make an 11 by 17 custom print uh, tier. Done. I'll let you know when I do it. Okay, cool. Yeah, because it's easy enough to do. Now, in the case of Jimmy, he wanted a big poster, but if 11 by 17 floats your boat, that's a hell of a lot cheaper. So. Yeah, because that that's
0: the size of like all the other posters. I got like, a, a few e-bass pe- pieces of his printed art, you know, all the same size. So... I- I've got an original Joe Sonat
1: like that too. Eleven by 17, 8 half by eleven, are standard are standard loaded paper and uh, printers, uh, and color copiers. So those are cheap. When you start to get weird sizes, if you said I wanted a thirteen by a thirteen by twenty-one print, and that now the price starts to to go up tremendously oh, because yeah. we have to use a special printer, and that so to get a twenty-four by thirty-six poster. And it's pretty expensive 11 by 17 way less so i'll do that it's up like, for you i'll make it it's like oh you want us to use the good machine
0: that will be extra it's
1: the pain in the ass custom machine is what it is it's just a big roll but yeah that that's mm. why the bigger stuff costs more so i'm gonna
0: grab kickstarter once again and just run down the tears i can take it off full screen
1: that looks pretty impressive right there huh i had someone say the other day it should be an enamel pin it would
0: look good if it if it was the 80s this should be one of those denim back patches Just saying. Must be the vodka talking. What kind of vodka is that? Uh, It's called From the Tap. (laughs) Let's see. That's the wrong page. Here we go. Shrink that down. Uh, 145 backers. 18 days to go. Uh, goal was four thousand dollars, and right now you're at five thousand three hundred and forty-one. Awesome. So I have to tell this story because I tell it every time. Uh, one of the first people I interviewed just before I started with the the webcam nonsense here was uh, Graham Nolan, and I actually got to meet him at. A convention the November before the plague and I get to hang out with him, and it was really cool and just just talking like various comic projects he had he had going on what he, what he was planning to do in the future and it was just before he launched the Chenu when he launched the Chenu he changed the pledge without a reward $10 tier to buy gram of beer, ten dollars, and he had about one hundred and fifty people that thought they were buying gram of beer. Mm. So you have the you have the tip jar where you can uh, toss in. A dollar or more to uh, to support the project. $5 gets you a digital copy. $15 gets you a physical copy. Mm-hmm. Or $15 will get you PDFs of all four. $22 or more will get you two main physical copies, two main covers of the physical copies. Yep. Uh, $25 or more, uh, one variant cover of your choice, Mm -hmm. Uh, $35 or more, uh, physical copies of issues one through four, $35 or more, uh, physical copy issue four, and a t-shirt, $50 or more, uh, sketch cover issue four, and a digital catalog
1: yep so
0: tell us more about that
1: the digital catalog is all of my old books that are out of print and it's just an easy way i think i have 11 of them that you can get no 10 so it's just a big massive digital bundle of books and a sketch cover now, one thing that's changed too with Kickstarter is they now have an add-on system. So you'll be able to add. So if you bought that, and said I want to get two more books, you can just tack them on at the end with like a plus one. Oh, that's cool. new. Yeah, yeah, that that's that's
0: a uh, that's a uh, that's a big thing. I think Indiegogo started doing that first, and uh, then they they st- then uh, Kickstarter started beta testing that. Yeah, and I, kn- I know a bunch of people that that did that, and uh, it worked well for me because I've I've tacked on a couple things here or there. Uh, $52 or more physical copies of one through four of the T-shirt, $60 or more, is a six-cover pack, two standard and four variant.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So that would be, what, every cover you guys did?
1: Yep. Mm-hmm.
0: And is this is this still in play? The uh,
1: the early bird special?
0: Or is what cool? you,
1: well, you can get an original piece of art in a book for 60 bucks? Holy shit, we still got one left. I would have thought that would have been gone. Trish, what
0: are you waiting for? 60 bucks original art and the book. There's only one available. You can select one of Jason's pencil pages. Uh, $72 or more. uh, Sketch cover number four and physical copies of one through three. $75 or more. Sketch cover issue four and a t-shirt. $75 uh, Linux original art page in the book. Uh same price 75 Sasha original art page in a
1: book. Crazy. We're giving it away. It's crazy. I'm like, I'm like, these prices are
0: insane. Uh Pledge 110 or more. Custom poster and book set, which is what you were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh Pledge $175 or more. Smith original cover art and issue four so where are we let's find let's find out which cover art that is that's yours that's yours Mm-hmm. that's alex's that's torino there it is wow so he's selling that original piece of art Plus an issue four for
1: $175. Yeah, it's bananas.
0: That's crazy. Original cover art is usually like it, you know, at least like 250, 300 bucks.
1: I, I tried to price it to move it, not to get rich. Oh,
0: yeah. It. Oh, I know. You want to you wanna get it in the... In the fans' hands, there's only one available. This early bird special is all... Yeah, there's just
1: one. There's only one available, yeah?
0: Yep. Those are all gone. All these others are all gone. You missed out on all of these. Well, that's a lot of tiers that are, like, completely sold out, dude.
1: Yeah. No, I'll be honest. I uh, I've been more focused on pr- promoting the book and not seeing what was sold out. I can't believe that Willem's art isn't sold. That's nuts. I I thought that would have just blown out. Hm.
0: Well, it's not sold yet. 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 You know, this is this is this is just like, you know, a really cool project. Oh, what's Trish saying? Looking at honey with puppy eyes right now. She's trying to make the right face to be able to buy some original art right now.
1: <laughs> I'm telling you that that will that will piece is nuts. That that that's that's a nuts piece. If no one takes it, I'm just gonna keep it and frame it and put it in my house if no one buys. it. <laughs>
0: I, I hear I hear like a lot of creators they'll like they'll show off we'll show off the you know the if they've got like original art tiers we'll show we'll show it off and you know they'll they'll be like and goes this is like an amazing price for this work. There's so much there's so much work on this page, like I can't count how many hours. It's the art's beautiful and Honestly, I hope it doesn't sell because I actually want to keep this one for myself. I get it. I get it. Puppy eyes. So the Kickstarter link is at the very top of the chat. It's also in the show notes of above or down below, depending on where you're watching us. Uh, The link for ageofradio.org is also there, uh, where you can find most of my podcasts. Actually, all of them from, I think, about episode 40 on up. So you can find over 40 podcasts with with creators that you can download and just listen to. And you can download them for free. Uh, You just look under new shows on ageofradio.org and scroll till you see uh my goofy icon the one that's the background here with my brains blowing up
1: yeah uh i gotta tell you well this was this was kind of a last minute thing i i appreciate you saying hell yeah let's do it um thank you for sharing your space with me. Um, I always feel that, uh, it's a gift when, when anybody allows me to come on their show and takes the time to talk to me, you were totally fun to hang out with tonight and I kind of wish we were closer so we could have some of that vodka together, but, uh, this was really cool, man. Uh, this is fun. Um, yeah, I, uh, I'm, I'm going to make that tear for you and, uh, would you like me to put a book with it or all the books? What, what do you want me to do? I
0: don't know. You should probably just, you know, make it as an add-on, just the, just like the print itself.
1: Okay. So you're saying that I, well, I could make the prints add-ons and I could make the, like a print and a book a tier, and then you can add books on at the end too. So I think I'll make a print and a book and then the print is an add-on. But I'll I'll make that and I'll let you know. But no, this was cool, man. You 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 have a fun really fun vibe. This was a fun show. It was it was chill, man. It was good times.
0: Good yeah, I like, I like to make it like more, you know, less questiony and and more just, you know, relaxed conversation, you know.
1: Mhm. Yeah, this was fun, man. I appreciate you come let, let me on and when the book's out, after you have a chance, I'd love to come back and we can talk about the book. You can tell me what you think. Cool.
0: Yeah, definitely down for that uh everybody check out the kickstarter like i said it's it's in the uh it's in the top of the chat for the link or in the show notes uh go check it out back and support this project if you have never read any of this universe there's many different ways to uh to catch up digitally and and physically in uh you know all kinds of different cool tiers here and uh you can also get some really dope original art so uh, go check it out for yourself and uh, follow follow Jason uh, all his uh, all his social media links are are in the show notes as well and until next time uh, peace love and read some comic books man
1: thanks a bunch will